97.9 FM WCHL is pleased to present Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Nicole has over 15 years of experience as a geriatric social worker and administrator working in the long-term care industry to include skilled nursing care, Alzheimer's care, adult day care, and home care. She also worked as a family caregiver. In addition, Nicole co-founded a nonprofit in the Triangle that specializes in support for caregivers. Now, Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Thank you for listening to this episode of Caring Connections. This is Nicole Bruno, your host. Joining me today is Suzanne Lafayette Black, AARP North Carolina Associate State Director and Gerontologist. And today we are going to be talking about understanding caregiving in North Carolina. Welcome, Suzanne. Well, hi, Nicole. How are you doing today? I'm doing just great, and I am so glad you are joining us, and you are joining us from the beach. I am jealous. (laughs) Beautiful Dan Wilmington. (laughs) Oh, I bet it is. I bet it is. You must love those days of the bright blue skies against the ocean. I'm quite sure. (laughs) Absolutely. So, Suzanne, you're going to be talking to us a lot about all the wonderful services that AARP provides and some really interesting and new innovative projects that you're working on. But you did bring with you some of the top 10 things that people should really know about as it relates to understanding caregiving in North Carolina. I'm going to highlight a few of them sort of as teasers. And I promise you listeners that she is going to give us the information that we need to know to support these little teasers that I'm about to share. The first is... You need to know as a caregiver how to find access and navigate caregiving resources, programs, and services. The second is you need to know how to approach your employer when you are an employee caregiver, which is huge, definitely huge. And the last is you need to know about how your home may be a good fit as your needs as well as your loved one's needs change over time. So those are a few little teasers we're going to get to in a few minutes, but let's just dive right in here, Suzanne. When we're thinking about understanding caregiving in North Carolina, one of the things uh, that I think is a really important question to ask is, where can caregivers and their families find caregiver resources, programs, and services? And that's a loaded question, I know. <laughs> no, that's, that's a great question. Thanks, Nicole. Um, the first thing that we usually recommend, depending on where you live, is to contact your family caregiver um, program support and there's a specialist in each of the area agencies on aging throughout the state of North Carolina. There's 16 of those. And so probably because of the radio audience that we have on today, they would contact Triangle J, Council of Government, okay. Area Agency on Aging. And Allison Jones is the family caregiver specialist. And he's a one-stop shop. So if people need some kind of caregiver education, if they need some kind of respite, If they just need to know, where do I go to get help? Allison is the person to contact in the area and covering Chatham, Durham, Johnston, Lee, Moore, Orange, and Wake County. No, it's it's great that you're bringing that up, Suzanne, because um, I think a lot of people don't even realize that that exists. Right. They They just don't know, you know, what this Council of Governments really is. So can you explain a little bit what that is? Well, um, I used to be an area agency on aging administrator, and what that is is that the council of governments is the um, business institution that really helps monitor and give technical assistance in a clearinghouse for counties. So they might give some advice on planning. Uh, they might give some advice for um, how to write a grant for certain things. Um, they're also an MPO, a metropolitan planning organization, 
or they might have a rural planning organization, depending on which counties that they represent. So um, it's, it's a, a great um, agency, and the Area Agency on Aging is part of that, which is the planning and development uh, program that provides services for people who are 60-plus and those that are less who have disabilities. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. So one of the things that I know in my work with caregivers over the last 20 years is that it's really hard as a caregiver when you're in that role. And I've done this personally twice myself. And the second time, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And I still didn't learn my lesson. How do you find the necessary time to get the things done that you need to get done as a caregiver? What would your suggestions be? You know, it's really interesting you say that, Nicole. In our research, we have found there's four things that caregivers need. One is time. One is money. One is emotional support. And the other is how to access and navigate all the resources and programs. It can be very overwhelming. And when you're a caregiver, as you know, being one, and Mm -hmm. and I'm a long-distance caregiver of a 95-year-old mom uh, who's a cougar. She calls herself (laughs) She's seven years older. But, you know, you really are wondering, gosh, I'm all here alone. How do I get some help? Where do I go? So um, as far as finding time, it's really organizing yourself and also making sure you let go of some things and you Mm -hmm. delegate and uh, how to really manage the role that you have. You need to take care of yourself, but you also need to see what services and programs are out there to provide some support because sometimes it gets, just, as you know, too overwhelming mm-hmm. and you need to ease that burden of care, even though it's a blessing. Well, you know, and, and one of the things that... Um you know, I, I think people realize, you know, when you first take on that role, you really build yourself up. You're sort of in fight mode. The adrenaline's running. I can do this. I'm going to take care of my loved one. And after a while, you just start to burn and fizzle out. And it seems like in the beginning, that's when all of your friends and family are around you and they want to provide you that support because you're taking on this major role. But then as time goes on and you keep telling family, no, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. People just stop offering. And then during the time you need it the most, there really isn't anybody surrounding you. And that's when I feel like isolation really sets in for the caregiver. Yes, you are so right. You know, it's kind of like a caregiving career, I guess. You could look at it sometimes, mm-hmm. especially during a long duration. Um, in the case of a family member, for instance, with Alzheimer's, it can last an average of eight years. Yeah. Or it can be as long as 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so right now in North Carolina, there's over 170,000 older adults that have Alzheimer's or other types of dementia that is going to double by 2030. So looking at that caregiving career, how can we help those folks? How can we empower them in their own self-care? Wow. Well, we are going to take a quick break. Joining me today is Suzanne Lafont Black, who is with AARP, and she is the uh, National State Director for AARP. And we are, excuse me, the Associate State Director of AARP. And we are looking um, at understanding caregiving and the types of resources that are available in North Carolina. We will be right back. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno on 97.9 FM WCHL. Now, 
more of Caring Connections. Welcome back. This is Nicole Bruno, your host of Caring Connections, and we are talking about understanding caregiving in North Carolina. Welcome back, Suzanne. Hey, Nicole. Okay, so I just want to just keep diving in. I just want to keep going in deeper and deeper here. I'm so excited to be talking to you. And one of the things that I really feel like we need to touch on a little bit deeper is the type of caregiver education that's available. That is sort of one of my, not only the organization I worked with mission, but my own personal mission is really trying to bring up the bar, move the needle on education for the just the general lay community. Because I feel like if we all know more, then we will all be more empowered and then we will all be getting more of the services and programs that we need to help our older adults be able to sustain themselves better and also to support ourselves as caregivers. So from AARP's perspective, what kinds of caregiver education is available to those of us listening today? Well, quite a bit. If anybody's an AARP member, uh, you got your AARP bulletin and we listed some of those resources in the contact with myself if you have any questions on getting involved in a workshop. So um, so one of the programs we have is something called Prepare to Care. And the reason why we came up with this caregiver education is because a lot of people don't plan. We want folks to plan before there's a crisis. So what Prepare to Care does is to help people have conversations with their family members as well as with others that might have some uh, significant role with the person that you're taking care of or might be taken care of. So one of the number one things to do in Prepare to Care is how to organize your documents. Also to have those conversations with your siblings. We have a book called Walking on Eggshells, and we want to make sure if everybody has a functional family or a dysfunctional family. Uh, I know in my case, I have a dysfunctional family, so I'm the person that convenes once a week to have a care conversation or a caring conversation with my parents at 95, as I mentioned, and then 89. And that really works to make sure there's transparency and that everybody's on board of what plan of care is needed for mom and dad. Um, so do you know where your security card is? Do you know um, the password to the computer? Have you shared that with somebody else? You know, things along those lines, this is what Prepare to Care does, is help organize those documents as well as connect you to the other resources that might be available. Um, we also look at folks sometimes that are having that um, question of, oh my gosh, I don't think mom or dad should drive anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you approach it? It's very difficult. And based on our research, a lot of times men say, hey, this is my uh, image. This is my thing. I want to maintain the independent. And uh, and that's based on our research that men have a harder time giving up keys than women. Mm-hmm. They usually self-select. But we have a program called We Need to Talk. How to have this conversation about how and when and what you need to do if you can't drive anymore and why. And so something that we do is we help people realize the cost of their vehicle, but also what alternatives are available and also what the consequences could be. Now, most, almost all older drivers are the safest drivers. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with age. And AARP has position that you should be able to drive as long as possible as long as you're capable mm-hmm. and you have the capacity. Sure. So um, that is a myth. A lot of times people think as you age, you become a worse driver. That oh, is not true at all. And they also think as you age, you're deaf too. Again, not true. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. No, no, you're, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, we also have smart driver classroom training for people to refresh their skills. Um, we had House Bill 164 that passed a few years ago that said you may get a discount on your automobile insurance. But AARP is the only approved, that was one thing, the only approved driver safety education through the North Carolina Division of Motor Vehicles. 
So that's an option. Yeah. The other pro- the other program that is really fantastic is Living Longer, Living Smarter. And that program is about how we age in our community. So looking at how we're going to be with our community, social assessment, physical assessment, is this home the right place to live? You know, what options are there to look at? And we just came out with something last week. We're so excited. You and I were talking about this earlier. It's about our livability index. Yes, I, I heard all about this at a national conference. I was just thrilled. I know. It, it is the first of its kind. And what it is, if folks are interested, you can go ahead and go to aarp.org slash livable and type in your address and your zip code and, of course, the state where you are in the city. And all of a sudden, bing, everything comes up about your community, anything about the neighborhood, anything about health care and what you have and what you don't have and health care, also the transportation uh, I mean, you name it, it just nailed where, where How did now. you do this? When, where did you get all this data? I mean, this must have taken a monumental effort. Well, it, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't even um, imagine. I mean, no matter it, where I, I am in the United States, what my address is, I can get right. all, I mean, really, you just think about yeah. the scale of that. That is just huge. It is huge. And when you consider that the scale of our staff at 2,200 for 38 million people, that's even more mind-blowing. Wow. So our Public Policy Institute is one of the finest research institutes in the world. And so our, um, we call it PPI. They did all of this. This is something that's been under uh, scrutiny and under research for the last few years. And now it's like, ta-da, it's here. Wow. So um, all the planners of the world are so excited. I've been talking to planners, and they're like, oh, this is the answer to a dream. Yes. Because it's an enhanced GIS or even better to help people, especially if you're going to in-migrate from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. As you know, Nicole, North Carolina is the third largest immigration state mm-hmm. in the nation. Mm-hmm. So people are coming and saying, gosh, where do I need to live? Or if I relocate, where do I go and what do I need to look for? Yep. They've got it right there. There's the tool. That's amazing. So if people want to have find out more about your education that AARP offers, mm-hmm. is there a centralized place where they could find that? Or There is. Uh, actually, there's, there's a couple. Well, there's actually three. Um, one is they could go to aarp.org slash caregivers. Mm-hmm. That is our big website that anything, everything you want to know about caregiving and then beyond is there. There's short video vignettes that if you ask a question, you type it in, the vignette will come up and talk to you. So if you're looking for advanced care directives or what I need to do, where do I go, you know, all that's there. Any, anything you can think of. It's, it's just amazing. Also, if you go to aarp.org slash nc, you can download our North Carolina Family Caregiver Guide, mm-hmm. and that's, that's another one-stop shop for North Carolina specifically, as well as some national uh, resources. But um, something I like to refer folks to is our Quick Link uh, website, which is aarp.org slash Quick Link, Q-U-I-C-K-L-I-N-K. And what you can actually do, just put the zip code in, and it asks you about 42 questions. It takes about 15 minutes. So if you're looking for employment, it'll help you find a job. If you're looking for public benefits, it'll tell you what you're eligible for or what that person that you're doing it for could be eligible for. If you're a grandparent raising grandchildren, if you're a veteran, I mean, there's certain categories, and all of a sudden, there is your care plan. Wow. There are some things that you might be eligible for. It's really great. This has been such a stimulating conversation so far, but we need to take a quick break. Joining me today is Suzanne Lafayette Black with AARP, the North Carolina Associate State Director and Gerontologist.
Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno on 97.9 FM WCHL. Now, more of Caring Welcome Connections. Welcome back. This is Nicole Bruno, your host of Caring Connections. And joining me today is Suzanne Lafayette Black with AARP, the North Carolina Associate State Director and Gerontologist. And we have been talking about how to understand caregiving in North Carolina. And we only have a few minutes left, and we really have a lot we need to get out here. So I want to just start right off, Suzanne, with... You and I have both been in the trenches as a caregiver. You're currently talking about how you're a long-distance caregiver, and I was a personal caregiver two times in my home, uh, very close proximity uh, in, in the last several years. And how do folks approach employers about being an employee caregiver? I know in part of my work in caregiver support, you know, we literally have family members that are calling us huddled in the corner of the cubicle whispering because they don't want to dare take another second off of work because they're constantly leaving for doctor's appointments and they don't want their employer to think that they're spending yet another five minutes on the phone trying to get a resource for their loved one because they're taking off so much time. What do they need to ask for? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, nationally, over 26 million people are in that role. That They're trying to balance caregiving and they're also trying to balance work. And that can be very horrendous from time to time, depending on what's going on. So you need to be upfront with your manager. You need to talk to your manager and just say, you know, this is what's going on in my life right now. Can you work with me on how I can be a better employee for you while I'm caregiving? And what I need is some resources and support, but also flex time. And we did our research all over North Carolina with employers and employee caregivers as well nationally. That was the number one thing that came out. Can you give me flexibility? So yeah. can I come in a little bit later or can I leave a little earlier that I can take care of what I need to take care of with my loved one? And I would say most employers say, yes, I understand. We'll be happy to do that. Now, if you're in a retail position and what have you, unfortunately, there's sometimes there are no benefits. There's no sick days. Um, there's no vacation days and what have you, and there's nothing that's really set up. And especially if you're in a part-time mode, it makes it even more difficult. But if you are a full-time employee, you need to be sure that you know your rights and what's entitled to you. And one of those is the Family and Medical Leave Act. A lot of people don't realize that that's available for eligible workers who are entitled to 12 weeks wow. per year of an per year. leave yeah, wow. for family caregiving. And AARP has really identified many employers who are champions of the best benefits for people who are caregiving. So, for instance, there is a company up in Minnesota that if you took family medical leave, they're going to give you, if you need it, another six-month paid leave. Wow. Is incredible or what? That is incredible. And, but but that doesn't it, apply for smaller companies, though, does it, the family medical leave? Um, not. It just depends. It just depends on what the policies are and how many employees there are. And but they don't have to, they're not mandated, like. though, nationally to do that, are they? Uh, no. Yeah. But they are mandated mostly with uh, bigger companies, and, you know, it's there. It's, it's optional. But, you know, we again, you know, in, in inquire about flex time. I think that's one of the most mm-hmm. important things to look at. But also that employer to help bring in lunch and learn and bring in resources, programs to help employee caregivers while they're at work. Um, we find that is really successful. I'm working with some of the big companies we have and also some small companies mm-hmm. in, in North Carolina that said, you know what, my employer cares about me. Mm-hmm. And look what they did for me. They gave me this access to resources. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just one way to look at it. We also have a program called REACT, mm-hmm. R-E-A-C-T, 
And uh, people can look that up at react.org. And those are employers who enjoyed that group to help people who are employee caregivers and uh, and how they work together to look at best practices. Um, you know, Nicole, it's real interesting. Do you know how much it costs a caregiver in North Carolina a year? No. To be a caregiver? No, the I average don't. is $5,200 a year. Wow. For an employer Just out of pocket. to have an employee caregiver, mm. $2,117. Wow. So if they're able to provide because of absenteeism and things along this line, so if they could, you know, be up front with their employer and talk about this, they could work out a plan to be, you know, the best of both worlds for both. And it's true. I mean, technology today really makes it, and believe you me, I know this better than anybody. I mean, literally, I get emails from people starting at 2 in the morning all the way till 11 o'clock at night. There's maybe a three-hour-a-day blackout period when people don't seem to be working. So, truly, <laughs> flex time's going on whether employers want to admit it or not. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen a few emails like that from me and Suzanne. <laughs> well, you know, we just have a couple of seconds left here, but if folks want to contact AARP and get more information, how do they go about doing that today? Um, they can contact me. Okay. Um, they can call me at 919-508-0269. Um, they can email me at sblack, B-L-A-C-K, at aarp.org. I also encourage them to get a copy of our uh, North Carolina Family Caregiver Resource Guide. That's free. It's at aarp.org slash ncares. Or go to our website and you can download it. Or they can ask for a hard copy from me. But, you know, anything we can do, that's why we're here. Well, it was a complete and total pleasure having you on the show today uh, talking about how to understand caregiving in North Carolina. And as always, you may email your caring questions to caring at 1360wchl.com. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. <laughs>